Well, today, a special day in the dice of Lansing, Bishop Boye is going to preach to us. We've been asked all pastors to read the pastoral letter of our bishop, making us aware of what is coming, coming up in November. So I'll read this to you, but I'd still like to give a short homily, Father Cruz's short homily, after, after Bishop Boyer. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in 1931, the state of Michigan enacted strong pro-life legislation. This is our present law. In 1972, supporters of abortion brought that 1931 law before voters in a statewide ballot initiative. The people of this state rejected abortion. This is the last time the issue was tested at the ballot box. Today, I call to our attention a new and grave threat to our children and to our culture of life. It is called the Reproductive Freedom for All Initiative. The Reproductive Freedom for All Initiative will be on our ballots this fall, where it will appear as Proposal 3. It seeks the proposal of the people of this state to amend the constitution of this state to include so-called right to abortion. This effort is spearheaded by Planned Parenthood and the American Civil Liberties Union. To tinker with the constitution is very serious business. We should reject this proposal on that basis alone. However, I want to be clear. The Reproductive Freedom for All initiative is the most extreme abortion proposal this country has ever witnessed. Based on the wording of the proposed amendment, this initiative seeks to enshrine abortion up to and including the day of birth in our state constitution. It also seeks to eliminate dozens of Michigan laws that presently regulate abortion. These include parental consent and notification laws, laws that prohibit partial birth abortion, informed medical consent laws, 24-hour waiting periods, taxpayer-funded abortion, laws that require abortion facilities to be licensed and inspected by the state of Michigan, laws that prosecute anyone who injures or kills a woman during an abortion, and laws that protect the conscience rights of persons who refuse to participate in abortion, such as doctors and nurses. What is more, the scope of the pre reproductive freedom for all proposal is not limited to the issue of abortion. 
It will also likely prohibit parental consent rights. If your child wishes to pursue or is being pressured into pursuing medical procedures or chemical treatments intended to change the outward appearance of his or her biological sex. These include puberty-blocking drugs and cross-sex hormones. Such invasive treatments for children who are gender-confused can inflict irreversible physiological damage, coupled with long-term psychological, emotional, and spiritual damage upon an already vulnerable young person. It is likely that the Reproductive Freedom for All campaign will place Michigan at the national epicenter of the abortion debate. The pro-abortion lobby has already spent an estimated $10 million collecting the needed signatures. Significantly more money will be spent during the campaign with pro-abortion elected officials and advocacy groups across the country ready to bombard Michigan voters with their propaganda in the weeks to come. As the governor of this state has said repeatedly, both she and her allies in the pro-abortion lobby will, quote, fight like hell to prevail on this matter. How then do we respond to those who fight like hell? Simple. We fight like heaven. What does that entail? First, we have to employ the three great spiritual weapons of the Christian life. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. As St. Peter Chrysologus wrote in the fifth century, fasting is the soul of prayer. Mercy is the lifeblood of fasting. Let no one try to separate them. They cannot be separated. If you have only one of them or not at all together, you have nothing. St. Peter assures us that prayer knocks at the door. Fasting obtains. Mercy receives. Hence, on the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, Thursday, September 15th, I am calling upon all within the Diocese of Lansing, both clergy and laity, to begin a 54-day Rosary Novena that will conclude upon the eve of polling day on November 8th. This will be 54 days of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving in union with the Blessed Virgin Mary, who is queen of the family, the mother of all mothers, and the patroness of the unborn. You can sign up for a daily text providing information and inspiration across each of the 54 days by texting Fight Like Heaven to 84576. 
that is all one word fight like heaven to 84576 second comes action the diocese of lansing is cooperating with the michigan catholic conference and the right of life of michigan to oppose and defeat this ballot proposal they have created an umbrella campaign group called citizens to support michigan women and children the most important front line in this battle for life and love however will be the local parish it will be you if each of us does what we can including prayer sacrifice and action we will overcome this attack on life it's as dramatic and as simple as that in all we do please remember this the pro-abortion lobby will do everything it can between now and the polling day to hide the extreme elements of this proposal that is also why each have the happy duty of telling our family, our friends, and our neighbors the truth about this ballot initiative. At present, most Michiganders don't know about the Reproductive Freedom for All initiative. But when they do know about it, they won't like it. We have less than two months before voting on November 8th. Time is short. Our task is great. The Lord, however, always provides. Therefore, let us work cheerfully and unstintingly, knowing that his grace is sufficient. Thank you. Assuring you of my prayers, I am sincerely yours in Christ, Earl Boyer, Bishop of Lansing. So that's an awareness. I'm sure some of us are not aware at all, at all about all this is happening. So it'll be out in the bulletin next week, uh, uh, this uh, pastoral letter so that you can have an opportunity to read into the details of that. Okay. The readings today presents us with a God of new beginnings. He is not a God of ending. He is a God who always offers everyone a new beginning. Moses, in our first reading today with his people, they've been saved from slavery to the Egyptians. And now on the other side, they have turned to false gods, worshiping other gods, claiming that these were the ones that freed them from the Egyptians. God could have simply annihilated them 
to end everything there. Never did. He is the God of new beginning. Offer them opportunity, covenant after covenant. Washing away their sins and continue to lead them into the promised land. Saint Paul in our second reading today, he says it very clearly. I have been one of the worst disciples. I persecuted the church. I was arrogant, proud. But by the mercy of God, God did not end my life there and then. He offered me another opportunity and he became the greatest of the messengers of good, God's good news to the world. A new beginning from Saul to St. Paul. Our gospel today talks about three parables. The good shepherd who lost one of his sheep went after that lost sheep. A woman who lost her coin, found her coin, celebrated. And of course, the gospel about the prodigal son. We all know this parable so well. Then the son lost all the inheritance that he claimed from his father. And what his father was doing was waiting at the front porch every day, waiting for his son to come back home. A broken family. And God offers them a new beginning. Not only to the lost son, but to the older brother. A new beginning. Our God is a God of new beginnings. 9-11 is an event that we, not only as a nation, as a world, may never forget. But 9-11 should always be a new beginning for each one of us. We should not leave everything to end with 9-11 because of God's love and mercy and forgiveness we have to move on this is a new beginning for us Roberto and Angela you bringing your child Karina today to be baptized this is a whole new beginning for her that the sin of original sin of Adam and Eve has stained each one born into our world. And by the God's love and mercy, it is washed away because God chose by the waters of baptism to cleanse away our sins and to offer us new life, a new birth, 
as a child of God. And it's your responsibility, the parents and the godparents, the family and all of us, our responsibility is to make this new beginning never end. That every day is a day to connect with God. Every day, our love affair with God should deepen in our relationship. From the day of our baptism to the rest of our life, to eternal life. Our God is a God of new beginnings. And that is what we celebrate today. We should never allow any of our past, any of our sins of the past, thinking that this is the end for me. No. No sin is greater than God's mercy. None of your sins is greater than God's love. Today, with the sacrament of reconciliation, with a repentant heart for you, all your past sins are forgiven by the grace of God's mercy. Our God does not want you to end your life with an ending because of a sin that you may not have been able to forgive yourself. There is no sin unforgivable by God. And for us today, 9-11, should remind us always of that, that our God is not a God of ending, he is a God of new beginning. And that's our hope, that's our life, that's where we put our faith and our trust in. So today as we celebrate Karina's Baptism, may it be a reminder to all of us that our God is in love with us. He wants us, all of us, not to end with sin, but to carry on with a new beginning in our relationship with God through his word, through his presence in the Eucharist, through the sacraments, and our prayer each day. May this day always be a new beginning for us as a nation, for us as church, for us as family, and as individuals. May this day be a day of new beginning. God bless you.